Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Cause Collective Radio on KZUM 89.3 Lincoln and KZUM HD. My name is Laura Uridel. I am the Program Director at Leadership Lincoln. We are all here today for Cause Collective Radio. Uh, this show is designed to highlight the great work done by many of Lincoln's nonprofits who are members of Cause Collective. If you're curious about what is Cause Collective, then head on over to our website, www.causecollectivelincoln.org. While you're there, you can uh, sign up for our free community newsletter. Just click the button at the top right corner of the page and uh, joining the Cause Collective newsletter helps you get to know more about the many nonprofits who are members of Cause Collective and what they are up to and how they are making Lincoln a better place. So, all right, let's rock and roll. It's another great day in Nebraska. And today's um, guest is Tammy Sassman, who is the executive director of the Nebraska Juvenile Justice Association. So thanks so much, Tammy. We appreciate having you here on KZUM today. Thank you for having me, Laura. Appreciate it. All right, so let's start at the beginning. Nebraska Juvenile Justice Association. What does juvenile justice mean? What should I have in my brain when I think about that? Are we talking about young people who've been uh, accused of crimes, convicted of crimes, in corrections? What what do we what's what's juvenile justice mean? It um, it can apply to a variety of areas in regards to. Um, a youth may um, come and tro- get into trouble at school or at home in which it's starting to lead down to some criminal activity. Um, a lot of times we're working with juveniles in the diversion area in regards to that if they have been um, gotten into trouble, they can go through diversion, which uh, um, entails some certain conditions that they must follow. Um, if they follow these conditions, then uh, they do not need to necessarily um, actually go to court where they would have to be placed maybe possibly on probation. From there, they've with probation, they have some guidelines that they have to follow. And if they're unable to also follow these guidelines, sometimes that may um, include um, some out-of-home placement. Um, I know within the system, they're working very, very hard to be able to provide the different supports and systems into place so that we don't have to be removing children. We can keep them in their home, keep them in their environment that they're most comfortable with and the ones that they can uh, strive in. Um, but for some um, youth, that's not always that's not always possible. Sure, sure. So uh, I just introduced the show as um, the Cost Collective Radio, which is Cost Collective is an association of other nonprofits. Is Nebraska Juvenile Justice Association like that? Are you are you um, a group of other organizations who are doing juvenile justice in Nebraska? Um, not exactly. Um, the purpose of, of juvenile justice is we're more about improving services to youth in the juvenile justice, juvenile justice system by serving as a resource for the collaboration, leadership, and development education for juvenile justice system professionals. So our goal is more to train the professionals across the state of Nebraska who serve those juvenile just who serve those juveniles. So yeah, okay, um, yeah, that's our goal. We're statewide. And so we're not providing that direct line service. It's more of serving the entire state and being that resource and that education and leadership fortune to those providers serving those youth. Like a capacity builder. Yes, pretty much, yep. Awesome. So I have heard of the Nebraska Juvenile Justice Association. I don't know why, but just somewhere on the grapevine. I've heard about um, a conference that y'all do. Um, So that sounds like it would be a training or a professional development or... uh, um, 
systems improvement kind of situation. So um, do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Or is that just like, that's small potatoes. We do much more important things elsewhere. Uh, what, what kinds of activities do y'all do? Okay. Um, we do several activities. Our conference is kind of our big one. A lot of people know us only pretty much by our conference, and we're trying to get that expanded a little bit. Um, our conference is held every year, um, usually the first week in May, uh, the Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, the first week in May. And it's a two and a half day conference in which we bring in keynote speakers for each day. And then we have breakout sessions um, that we do throughout the day. Um, within our conference, we try to reach, of course, the entire state of Nebraska. We hold it in Kearney, so kind of a centrally located location. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we're able to um, bring um, folks from all across the state of Nebraska without having to have the long travel time that most people tend to have from time to time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Sure. So the conference is a, a big thing. Um, we had over 320 people attend this year, which was pretty exciting, of course. Um, and like I said, we've brought in some really dynamic speakers and breakout sessions, hoping that people left with some new energy and new knowledge that they were able to take take back with them. Another part of NJJA is we've been we've been holding podcasts. We've had 18 podcasts so far, um, and we've been interviewing um, all sorts of folks across the state of Nebraska. Um, sharing with us maybe some of their own personal experiences, lived experience, um, also to maybe what they might be doing in their community or within their organization, organization mm -hmm. to help educate folks what they might be able to do within their own um, agency, organization, or community as well. Mm -hmm. um, some of our um, other things that NJJ is, is we're trying to be um, that advocate too in regards to some legislative um, mm -hmm movements. Um, we try to stay neutral ground, but we, we're hoping to be able to help educate um, those leaders of our community, those legislation, um, senators, uh, judges, to be able to make some really good sound des uh, decisions regarding the youth and their families with, within the state of Nebraska. Sure. Um, we're in the process right now of updating our website, actually. And through this website, we're hoping to be able to um, provide resources for juvenile justice professionals year-round, um, information about emerging policy initiatives and best practices, and recognition of exceptional efforts of professionals within our field. And then we also tend to provide information about trainings and professional development opportunities across the state of Nebraska. Sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that was a lot. Let's uh, let's break that down a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so I, I think you mentioned 300 people came to your conference this last year. That, yep. and that's just, you know, the people who could make it. That feels yes. like a lot of folks statewide. So is juvenile justice maybe bigger than I thought it was? Or like how many, who are these folks? Um, I'm assuming, do they like work for their cities or their counties? Or um, how, how big of a industry, that's not the right word, um, service area <laughs> is uh, juvenile justice across the state? <laughs> Um, it's big, of course. Um, some of those folks that attend our conference, we had an actuality of 327 who attended. Um, they cover anywhere from a probation officer to a diversion worker to a probation officer. Um, we have mental health therapists who attend. We have school mm. administrators who attend. Um, we have people in the management and administrative roles. Um, we also have folks who are working in the direct line staff. So they might be working at some group homes, foster homes. Um, treatment treatment centers. Hmm. So yeah, so that's kind of the population in regards to the different professionals um, that we serve. And those are the ones who usually attend our conference. Gotcha. Gotcha. So um, what kinds of, uh, 
what are some of um, what's what's current in the world of uh, Nebraska ju- or uh, juvenile justice statewide? Like, what kinds of you talked about helping people be um, professional and building their capacity and their leadership and finding ways to best serve uh, young people and their families. What's what's uh, one thing that you guys would have covered at your conference this last year that the rest of us might not know about? Um, I think one thing that was powerful that we took away from our conference, though, is we had a youth day, which was on Thursday, mm-hmm. and we actually had youth who attended this day. Um, we, were, we were able to speak um, directly with them um, through one of our uh, board members who was the leader within that mm-hmm. um, group, that in which she asked them different questions. And so there was a real good takeaway in regards to what do people need to be hearing from these youth in mm-hmm. order to maybe serve them a little bit, a little bit better. Um, and so I think that was very, very powerful. They were able to speak on Friday to the group and through our surveys, you know, a lot of people shared that it was powerful being able to hear it from the youth youth, youth themselves. So I think we're trying to really advocate for more um, youth being involved to mm-hmm. get their um, lived experience mm-hmm. because they're ultimately kind of the expert. Sure, sure. Yeah, I can imagine that... Um talking with someone who has experience in this area and, and I don't know, fingers crossed has come out the other side and maybe uh, the, how I can imagine that that would be powerful. Uh-huh. So um, what, uh, so I'm going to ask another particular question. This might also be too uh, specific, <laughs> but you mentioned that um, you all are doing um, some advocacy work at the Nebraska, um, the state level with the legislature and with government. What kinds of things are going on there? Like what should we know about uh, what's an issue that pops up that we might see in the paper or a bill or something that's going on with juvenile justice? Um, there's nothing real current that uh, we're yeah, working obviously, on. Obviously, because it's yes. not the session right now. <laughs> yes, yes. So um, I know last year or this past year, there was a big push in regards to trying to look at um, youth with truancy issues Mm -hmm. as far as if that needs to be more at the diversion level versus more at the probation level. So um, I know that was kind of stopped um, this year. And so I don't know if that will be continuing next year. Um, Yeah, I get that for like a a lay person might not understand the difference there, but I'm assuming it's a sort of level of intensity of uh where where that comes down on so yeah i can i can see that there's some nuance there that someone who's in the system might understand a little bit better mm-hmm. and then also too i think just overall across the state of nebraska you know the big um the poverty the poverty that a lot of families are living in and how do we continue to provide those basic needs for mm-hmm. families um so that they're able to continue to, you know, parent their kids, provide supervision to, you know, prevent mm-hmm. some of those um, behaviors that are causing kids to kids to get in trouble or, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Also too, I think um, we, we, we hear more about the legislative um, bills and things that are coming up more towards January, mm-hmm. um, towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. That's kind of when the session goes on January and February. Yeah. And so that's when we take more of an active role. Everything's kind of, calm at this point in time. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll all gear up quite a bit uh, once winter comes around again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, we were talking before about the the individuals who y'all serve, the folks who are doing juvenile justice across the state. Um, how 
if uh, if our listeners are interested or want to learn more or maybe think that um, they might want to be more engaged, how can how can people uh, connect to the Nebraska Juvenile Justice Association? How can they learn more or um, go deeper or uh, volunteer or, you know, find out what, what other opportunities are out there? Yes. Um, they can contact us um, directly. They through our website, njja.org or email us at info at njja.org. Otherwise, too, we've got um, quite a few board members um, that represent many communities across the state of Nebraska. They can also take the time and reach out to that board member and find out how to get involved. Um, From time to time, we um, do look at volunteers to maybe help with our conference Mm -hmm. uh, in some way, or if we are looking at putting some additional trainings um, uh, trainings together between now and the conference time as well. Mm. So our conference is kind of our big thing, but we also want to be able to provide other trainings. Sure. So if folks are interested in doing a training, um, doing a podcast or have any other information they can share that might be helpful, they're more than welcome to reach out to me. Like I said, the probably easiest way would be through um, the, um, an email through info at njja.org or our website. Awesome. Awesome. I like that call out for what do you know that we should know? Cause you know, there's probably people all across the state who maybe have some insight to their region or insight to their community or insight to the families in their community. Um, I, I appreciate that you asked for sort of like bring us your expertise and we'll help pass it along to the people who can, who can benefit from it. That's awesome. Yes. yes thank you. We, we, we're just noticing that, you know, the needs are very different urban versus rural mm-hmm. and you know, we're pretty urban heavy here in Omaha and Lincoln, but as you get out towards Western Nebraska, you know, the resources are limited um, and um, services and needs are just very, very different. Um, And so we have to, we have to look at each area Mm -hmm. to figure that out. Sure, sure. So what are some of uh, Nebraska Juvenile Justice Association's biggest successes? And before we ask that question, how long have y'all been around? Um, We, Sorry, excuse me. Juvenile Justice was formed back in 1974. So for quite a long time, quite a long time. And um, when it first came about, um, it was organized by Herb Hansen. He was the first board president and he was a chief probation officer out of Wayne, Nebraska. So that's when they started the trainings. They only had 30 or 40 people attend those trainings. And then over the years, it's just gotten bigger and bigger as far as the conference goes. And Mm -hmm. like I said before, now we're over 300 300, Mm -hmm. um, attendees. So yeah. Um, So y'all are not, you're not spring chickens around there. Uh, You've you've done this a time or two. So what are some of the things that y'all have accomplished or what what kind of things have been going well in the past few years for you? Well, when it was first developed, it was only ran by a board. And Mm -hmm. in 2011, actually, which is a few years ago, but not terribly long, was when they first finally hired their first executive director. So yeah, so... Um, since that time, um, as far as some of the successes, basically it's just really grown in the past 10 years. Um, we've seen our participation rate at the conference increase. Um, also to being able to bring on um, quality keynote speakers from maybe different states to get different ideas, um, new, new and new ideas. So mm-hmm. We have a very cohesive and interactive board, which is great. Um, every year the conference is held with something new, whether it be, you know, a re- reception interaction, uh, the keynote speakers, breakouts that are more intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, and to date, we've had 18 podcasts, um, which has been exciting as well. 
And then we've um, collaborated with other entities, you know, through the years in which, like, for example, last year we did a lot of racial ethnic disparity webinars mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in conjunction with JDAI out of Omaha, the juvenile, de- um, um, excuse me, the juvenile detention initiative out of Omaha. Gotcha. Um, in which we did eight webinars. All right. Um, sorry, I think I'm echoing a little bit there. Uh, so... Um, my sort of next question then that I want to ask is, um, you specifically, you you said that, uh, Nebraska Juvenile Justice Association had hired an executive director in 2011. So what, that's 10 years ago, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you as the executive director, what's your role with the, in, in the organization and sort of what brought you to this work? Yeah, um, I've only been in the role for about a year now. It'll be a year here in August, first week in August. And um, I am within a part-time position. And so what I'm trying to do is trying to um, lead NJJ in the right direction. Let's put it that way. Um, expand our training opportunities mm-hmm. um, and, and, and guide those professionals within the community. So um, we have a small staff, it's myself, um, and then on a part-time basis, and then uh, I have, we have an events training coordinator on a part-time basis and a communications assistant um, on a part-time basis as well. So so we're rather small, but we want to be mighty. <laughs> and once we want to get the word out that um, we want to be able to provide those resources, training and information and education for those for those providers. So what brought you to juvenile justice work? Had you um, been working in the field previously or did you have a personal interest or uh, just a good opportunity to do some good work? Kind of a little bit of all um, of that, of that what you just shared. Um, for over the last few years, um, I worked in a role where I was a program coordinator providing mental health services to youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I myself um, was also providing mental health services to okay. youth in the schools. And so I worked with a lot of youth providing therapy to them that were involved in probation or diversion or um, had some, you know, had some problems going on within the home. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess my passion behind it is trying to figure out um, not always what did they do wrong, what's their problem, what's wrong with them, but more about what's the underlining issue, what mm-hmm. happened, what brought them to this point. And so that's the passion part of me in regards to, I like to look at kind of the prevention mm-hmm. and how do, we, how do we treat these children, even though maybe they got into some trouble with the law, they're still all good kids, maybe just made some really bad choices. And um, or maybe they just have the lack of supports in the home life that's not supportive for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's the passion part of me to be able to continue that work within NJJA to be able to help educate other folks in this area and to help them also understand that what can we do to help understand what these youth are going through, take the time to listen, take the time to make their lives a little bit more easier. Yeah. That's so interesting because I've um, a personal, I don't work in this area, but a personal passion that I have uh, in the past couple of years is early childhood education and how much the brain is developing when you're um, just a tiny little, you know, zero to five, just a toddler and uh, how important the brain development at that stage is for you as later as an adult. So I would assume I'm making some leaps here, but I would assume that, you know, some of that affects kids as, um, as their teenagers and, you know, into their college years. And 
I'm also interested because I've heard you use the word trauma a couple of times, and mm-hmm. especially as a behavioral health provider, I'm sure that that comes up a lot with um, kids who uh, are in a tough spot, but maybe uh, there was a lot going on that led up to that tough spot is, is my assumption that there's, there's probably complex stories behind a lot of these scenarios. <laughs> Most definitely. And I think what a lot of people are unaware of, too, is sometimes when children don't have the resources or the supports or the knowledge, they're not able to talk about the thoughts they're going through their minds, the feelings that they have. And and so we, we see a lot of kids with depression and anger. I'm sorry, depression and sadness. And I apologize. Depression and anxiety. And when they don't know what to do with those feelings, sometimes it then becomes a more of an external behavior in which it comes out in anger. And that can uh, mm-hmm. lead to some of the, the misbehaviors that we're seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. That prefrontal cortex in those teenagers don't usually get developed until about age 23 to 25. So that judgment part is, uh, it's still developing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we're all still learning, but uh, definitely mm-hmm. young people are still learning. <laughs> But they don't know it. I mean, I can re- I could think about when I was in high school. I'm sure I knew. I was uh, I knew everything I needed to know at the time. I'm su- I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm assuming yeah, we I was were, feeling pretty sure of myself back then. <laughs> we were invincible too at that time too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my my confidence has probably gone down the older I've gotten, which is maybe not the way it was supposed to go, but. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, uh, talk to me a little bit about let's I mean let's expand on that about behavioral health issues and sort of kids having the resources to um, deal with what's going on in their life or to express their feelings um, what's one thing that uh, our listeners should be should take away from our conversation today if they if they're tuning in and learning a little bit about Nebraska Juvenile Justice Association which what kinds of um behavioral health insights can we offer folks to be thinking about? Um, especially you mentioned earlier, um, poverty can be a real and um, real trigger for a lot of issues. Um, what, should, what should we be, what should our listeners be thinking about as we uh, move on with our day here? Yeah, um, I would just say to take time to be unbiased um, in regards they're not bad kids. Maybe they just may have made some poor choices. Um, talk to them, look at them, don't judge. Mm-hmm. Um, listen and understand, fight for them, help them through the hard times and be supportive. I would just say even too, you know, looking at maybe we need to be giving them better options, um, support in their decision-making and try to surround them with some positive people who may not instigate situations that might get them in trouble. Um, and then also too, you know, other community opportunities in regards to, can we get them engaged into maybe a part-time job, some college courses that are attainable so that they're not getting, not getting frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just listening, listening when they are reporting, listening to when they're talking. A lot of times adults have in their mind that, you know, kids should just stop what they're doing and listen when the adult wants to talk. And sometimes mm-hmm. we as the adults, we need to stop and listen when the, when the youth are trying to talk to us. Sure. Yeah, I was just teasing teenagers there for um, knowing everything that they need to know by the time they're 18. But I mean, that doesn't mean that they don't know anything. Like they do have experiences and, you know, feelings that we need to honor and sort of understand and give them a chance to express and... Yeah. yeah. And I think also too, um, teenagers don't usually don't say this out loud, but 
they do like boundaries. They like um, a curfew. They want routine. They want structure. Um, it shows it shows that you care. Mm-hmm. And so also, too, that's not only in regards to maybe when they're out with their friends and school issues, but also to social media time. Mm-hmm. Um, setting some parameters around that as well, because uh, that can be very, very powerful in regards to their own self-worth and, and self-esteem. Sure. Sure. Well, this is a huge question and we don't have a whole lot of time to talk about it, but talk to me briefly about the pandemic and behavioral health, because I mean, I can speak for myself, like those first few months, that it was a uh, tough going for a little while there. Um, has Have you seen upticks or trends or anything along those lines with, um, I mean, especially, you know, last year kids were doing all kinds of different things with school hybrid and, uh, you know, it's just been a tough couple of years when it comes to school and home life and um, what what kinds of things have um, juvenile justice providers across the state been seeing since, since the pandemic started? I'd probably say a lot of anxiety, high anxiety. Um, you know, when the pandemic was going on, there was a lot of kids being left alone for mm. long periods of time, unsupervised. Um, we've seen um, suicide, high suicide rates in regards to even reaching to the younger kids. Years ago, you would never think about a um, seventh and eighth grader, junior high child, um, thinking about suicide. And now we've had we've had more of that, unfortunately, even down as low as fifth grade. Um, so I would say that the anxiety from the pandemic is probably, you know, really, really heightened within a lot of those uh, with those youth. The remote learning was also was was um, very high anxiety driven too in the regards to it isolated. It mm-hmm. isolated a lot of um, youth in which they had nobody to talk to, nobody to be around. Yeah. Um, and also too, then when we try to get them back into school, they're not only maybe behind in their academic world, but maybe now their friend dynamic has changed. Mm-hmm. They don't have a relationship with those teachers as they did. Sure. Um, they've, they've lost some of those social skills of how to interact with others around them. So, so yeah, I would say we probably saw a lot of, um, a lot of the anxiety heightened during the pandemic more than anything. And, um, and then, like I said, when you've got kids unsupervised, bored, <laughs> not able to learn via mm-hmm. um, remote, just that's not their personality and tends to, then sometimes it can tend to leading into getting into some trouble. Sure. Yeah, I get it. I mean, that's what that's some of the stuff that I struggled with early on was the sort of just loneliness and, you know, being uh-huh. we're social beings. And well, for uh, unless you're kind of more introverted and you appreciate the quiet time. But uh, <laughs> for a lot of us, we you know are sort of looking for those connections and looking for that social interaction. So. All right, Tammy, we have got to wrap this up, but I sure appreciate the opportunity to learn more about the Nebraska Juvenile Justice Association and um, what this means for folks across our state. So we sure appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I hope, um, um, you know, listeners will tune in, um, check out our website in a few months here. We're updating it. And hopefully with that new website, we're going to be able to um, improve in a lot of different areas and be able to, you know, provide uh, training opportunities across the state of Nebraska to uh, actually be able to publicize for, for other folks and, and highlight what some of uh, the people are doing in the communities. Sure. Give us that website one more time, if you would. Um, our website that you can go to is, is basically njja.org. Awesome. Pretty simple. Yep. Like All I right. said, but um, we're in the process of, of updating that. And so um, 
I'm, I'm excited to see, see what we'll be able to uh, do with it. All right. Thank you, Tammy. We appreciate it. Thank you for your time as well. All right, my friends, all of my KZUM listeners out there, uh, thank you so much for joining, for tuning in for another Cause Collective Radio on KZUM 89.3 Lincoln and KZUM HD, Lincoln's Community Radio. For more information or to listen to a podcast of Cause Collective Radio, visit www.causecollectivelincoln.org. While you're there, we'd love to have you sign up for the free community newsletter. Just click the button on the top right of our homepage. And tune in next week, everybody, for another fabulous edition of Cost Collective Radio. And keep listening to KZUM 89.3 Lincoln and KZUM HD. Take care.